Welcome to part three of our four-part series on emotional intelligence. In our last episode, Mike and I covered how self-awareness and self-management are critical in your pursuit of EI. Becoming the next Sherlock Holmes of emotional intelligence means you can't stop with just reflection. Once you've taken a better look at yourself, then you can and should focus outward to understand others and their motivations. We call this part of the emotional intelligence model DETECT, and that's what we're covering in this episode, Emotional Intelligence Part 3, Becoming a Social Detective. For more information about Quickfires by Learner Mobile, be sure to subscribe, share, and check out our links in the description. Now, here's the podcast. Welcome to Quickfires by Learner Mobile, the podcast where we like the learning spark with skills, best practices, and stories for leaders of learners. Make room fireside for your hosts, Cheryl Porter and Mike Thompson. Hi, I'm Cheryl Porter and joined with Mike Thompson. Hi, SP. How are you doing? Really good. Loving this emotional intelligence conversation for sure. Tag team back again. In our last episode, we covered the reflect step of our three-step emotional intelligence model. Once we become more self-aware of our emotions and triggers, we can then manage our behaviors effectively, becoming more intentional with our behavior. This one's an interesting one to me. Just maybe, you know, when we went through reflect, we talked about the how critical it was to start there, that self-awareness. But now when we go to detect, this one's probably the the toughest challenge, in my opinion. Do you think so? Why is that? I think so, because we're we're observing the emotions of others, which no one person is the same. That's right. And then you've got to wrap around all of the social context around that person. So it's not just observing their emotions and being able to identify it, but it's also considering the context of their environment, their other relationships, maybe hierarchy in your organization, past experiences. So there's a lot that's wrapped up in this detect And the really bad news is that there's no one formula we can just point to and say, just do this and you're brilliant at it. It's going to take a lot of dancing and and orchestrating and understanding and then formulating, you know, how you're going to uh, behave based on what you've detected. We certainly have a lot to unwrap. So as we dive into detect, how about I bring the old dictionary out and share our textbook definition? Sounds good. The detect component is about focusing outward to understand others and their motivations. This includes being aware of the things you can see as well as things that may not be as obvious. So, Mike, I think this really taps into where you feel the challenges exist in in the detect phase. Yeah, people are a lot of times just a mystery to us. They may present a certain behavior. They they may be presenting a poker face, but deep down inside, they're really battling something. They, they, they may have a high level of frustration, anger, sadness, whatever, but what they're presenting is, is, is something completely different. And somehow, some way, 
for an emotional intelligent an emotionally intelligent person you've got to dig through that and get to the core before you can really do anything productive in that relationship so where we're really going to focus our attention in this episode and today is around social awareness and social context. So that's our ability to really understand others and read the room. Yeah, the way that I see that breaking down SP is social awareness is all around reading the emotions of others. Social context is reading the environment. And I think that's what makes it fun to me is the social context part of it is because there's clues everywhere for whoever is observant to pick them up. But you're right. The social awareness part is difficult because everybody's an individual. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kick this off, Mike, with social awareness. We have social awareness defined as observing and identifying emotions and feelings. And if it sounds a little bit like a rinse and repeat of our last episode with self-awareness, it somewhat is. It's really just the counterpart. The the opposite, where in self-awareness, we were observing and identifying emotions within ourselves. We're really observing these with other people. Yeah. I mean, it's the same eight primary emotions. And then, you know, in the advanced emotions, we we know how to label those when we mix them and, and find additional um, emotions that might give us greater understanding and may help us determine the level of intensity for an emotion. But the real challenge with this is when we're self when we're self-assessing on our emotions, we can't lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't fake ourselves out. We we know when we're not being honest with ourselves. But with other people, there's a whole different complexity there and it it makes it very very difficult. So what they give us from an emotional standpoint, say that someone is presenting joy. They may be presenting that, but deep down, that's really not where they are. They're not in a very joyful place. The same would be true with anger. They may be very, very angry, uh, you know, outwardly, but, you know, really in that big of a deal on the inside. So, so fake behaviors are, are a, are a big deal here. And that makes it tough. And there's no really good answer to how to overcome that other than to, you know, validate what you're, what you're sensing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But in addition to that, we've got different people behave differently. So not all the behavior, a, a behavior in one person behind happiness is different than the behavior of another person behind happiness. And then we've got different kinds of styles of people. You've got introverts, you've got extroverts, you've got young people, you've got older people. And so all of that just creates this crazy mix that we've got to effectively navigate through in order to um, be successful in building those relationships. So the way we can observe is certainly through body language. And I think maybe even the words people use, maybe how they say it. Uh, Do you have any other advice on how we can observe which emotion and the intensity they bring it to the table? Yeah, I think that the certainly the things that that we talked about earlier and just being able to understand what behaviors and feelings typically accompany 
an emotion. So when someone is fearful, there are certain physiological things that may most of the time happen. I think that th- the same thing can be said when you're when you're observing other people. But I think one of the challenges that we have to overcome is is being able to validate our observation. So with us, when we're self-assessing, we don't have to validate it. We already know. We know it is true. We know it is true. With other people, when when we're when we're participating in that social awareness discovery, we've got to we can't make one observation and then make a judgment call. We've almost got to validate that with a follow-up observation and a follow-up observation and start to see consistency in what we're seeing to determine uh, that that emotion. So validating an observation is really, really important in social awareness. Yeah, and we've got some tips to help do that. So one would be um, asking questions and asking questions to that person as far as saying, Mike, I sense that you're you're frustrated at something. And you might say, yes, I'm frustrated at something you did. And that opens up a dialogue. Or you could say, I'm frustrated at something, but it has nothing to do with us recording this podcast at this moment. I think both are excellent opportunities to observe, to gain clarity of not only the emotion that per- that person is experiencing, but also the trigger. There could be even a third option where you say, no, SP, I'm not frustrated. Why do you ask? And so that really speaks into, I think it's a couple of things, helps you get an idea of, are you dealing with emotionally intelligent people? But also, it's a reminder, at least it is to me, that it's a give and take to be emotionally intelligent. It's not just asking the right questions, but answering them in in an authentic way too, having the courage to do so, and then also the tact to do it in the the right way. Yeah. I mean, if if we're not honest in our emotions to others, it's going to be difficult to progress the relationship forward. If we're constantly couching our response or if we don't have the courage to ask, because let's face it, asking someone, are you frustrated with me? That takes some courage, Mm -hmm. but an emotionally intelligent culture, a high performance team, they are courageous enough to have those conversations. Not only are they courageous enough to ask the question, but they're also courageous enough to give a direct answer if they're asked if they're frustrated. And and that just that it, that just takes a lot of bravery. That takes a lot of courage. It's not easy to do, but it's very very important to do. And then let's talk about the flip side when it doesn't get done, if we continue to mask emotions like that, I mean, we're really not going to grow our relationships. And I think that's at the expense of trust. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I would just, I would encourage anyone listening to this podcast, since you're hopefully interested in emotional intelligence, be willing to be transparent and truthful with your emotions. You'll, you'll hear this a lot in counseling, you know, You'll, you'll hear a counselor say, feel what you feel when you feel it. And don't hide it. Don't ignore it. Don't share it. Don't not share it. Um, be able to bring that to the forefront. Be willing 
to 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 share that and and obviously that's going to bring some benefit to your uh to your relationship but but yeah i mean we just we've got to be willing to have those honest conversations and that means we got to ask uh be willing to ask the questions and we've also got to be willing to answer the questions and being open with those questions and answers specifically the answers and your emotion depending on where you sit on the leadership team if you're leading the team you're really opening the door and modeling what an emotionally intelligent culture can look like and then if you're being led on a team you're giving feedback on how you like to be managed yeah the best leaders that i've seen make it a safe place to have those kinds of conversations. I was actually just at an event this past weekend and the CEO took the stage and talked about um we don't we don't want to present fake. We want to present real even when it's bad. Because if we're not willing to present the real, then we cannot go forward. We can't grow until we've established truth. And it's the same thing here. Uh, We've got to be willing to establish truth. Your eyes, your ears, they're only going to get you so far. So feel free, be brave enough to ask those questions to really confirm uh, the observations that you've made. What other advice do you have, Mike? I think that asking the question is good, but looking at the pattern, not just asking it once, but asking it twice or three times over a you don't want to be annoying. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, but over a, a period of time, um, just just observing and asking those questions, you start to understand and learn that person more. But if that person's really, really challenging, sometimes I think it's okay to get other people's perspective. Hey, I've noticed this in this person. I know they're a good friend of yours. Is Am I reading this correctly? Getting getting somebody else's opinion uh, can be very very helpful there, and then um, and then uh, like I I, I think that this kind of connects to the first one, but but not observing just one time, observing several times um, helps us draw the correct conclusion. Yeah, just don't let one moment in time paint a portrait of a person. That's a really good way to say that. Absolutely. Okay. QuickFires is brought to you by Learner Mobile, the learning experience platform that delivers the right information at the perfect time so you can win your day. To simply develop everyone in your organization and start your free trial of Learner Mobile, go to LearnerMobile.com. Now, back to the podcast. We're able to use our social awareness to really read the emotions. Another big part of it, just as big, is the social context. And this was really a big aha for me because we're not just dealing with one individual or two individuals. We want to think of the total environment that may be impacting it. So this is not only the knowledge of the person, but their situation. So a couple of notes that we, we have here to share is, included in social context is the players that may be involved. So if we're talking about a meeting or an interaction, um, who is it? Is it executive level? Is it peers? And then how does that shift depending on who's in the room? Also, the setting, the timing, the location. Uh, We know that some people perform best certain times of the day. Also, is it a nice, quiet, secluded place where people can really think about their thoughts? Or are there a lot of distractions? 
uh, the events leading up to the encounter or uh, the situation, this could real this cracks it wide open because this could be what's going on in the company. This could also be a person's journey from their home to work that day. Did they lock their keys in the car? Did they leave their son's lunch at home? Did they drop their keys in, in, in the parking lot? Did they crack the glass on their cell phone? All of those things can really impact somebody's behavior. And it may not be directed toward you, but it still exists. And then finally, the culture, the unwritten or assumed rules that may exist. Yeah, all those things are are really big factors and they're they're tough to process sometimes. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. And that's what makes the whole people dynamic really, really challenging. But even in the midst of the challenge, it's so important that you process through each of these things. And it takes time. It takes time. So one of the, the things that I think is really important for us to do in detecting the emotion in the context of others is, is a really important rule. Be slow to judgment. Just be slow to judgment because very rarely, if ever, do you have all of the understanding, all of the context, and there's a lot that, that you can learn. Uh, so before you're casting judgment, you and I talked about this a little bit ago, but before casting judgment, if someone shows up late to work one day, you can't just say, well, they're always late. You know, you, you want to, you want to give it time to see if there's a pattern there. And, uh, and that time helps you form better judgment calls and decisions. I have a couple of examples of how not jumping to conclusions really opened my eyes to some things back in a former life. Uh, in a pre-COVID day, I was on the road facilitating classes left and right. And a lot of these were younger participants. So they learn in different ways. And there there were two sort of archetypes that I would encounter. There was one where very expressionless during the course. And the assumption would be, wow, they're really disinterested in this. And then another would be somebody on their phone constantly. Clearly, they're not plugged into the class, right? Well, I was wrong on both accounts because I used a tip from social awareness, just asking the person, hey, how are you enjoying the class? Right. Or, you know, what's your impression? How would you rate this? And the person who was very stoic and unanimated, they said, oh, I'd love it. I'm learning so much. And I'd find out at the end of the class when we do retention checks, the person or the people who were a little bit more quiet, and a little bit more buttoned up, they were retaining more than the animated person who was answering every question, thinking of the next thing to say. Also, the person who is on their phone, it's very easy to say, oh, they're checking their TikTok. They're posting this. They're doing that. When in fact, many times they were online with me, fact-checking, looking at websites as we were going through the discussion. So I think that's an example of how we could be quick to jump and say, oh, wow, they're totally disengaged or disconnected when the total opposite was true. Yeah. the People are so different. I mean, even in my circle at at SVI, I work with all kinds of different personalities. And Oftentimes, you're going to observe something in somebody. Well, one person that I work with in particularly, um, you know, I can observe something in the morning, but 
I only observed it once, and so I don't want to make a judgment call or make a big deal out of it right then and there. So I'll give it some time. How did lunch go? Maybe it's continuing. I'm observing it. I'm validating it. And then we're getting to the afternoon, and I'm still seeing the behavior. And so I can kind of say, okay, it's probably time to check in. And I may go home, have dinner, and then that night I can call this person and I can say, hey, let me tell you what I saw today. And and this person is honest enough to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very good relationship. And we can get closure on it right then and there. There's another uh, person, a type of person that I work with that I can go through the same thing, observe something in the morning and in the, in, in the lunch hour and then later in the afternoon. But I know for them, they got to disconnect. I'm not going to call them at night. That's just going to piss them off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's the weekend. I'm not going to call them over the weekend. I'm going to need to kind of carry that and let it sit and until the following weekend before I have a conversation. And when I do, it, it probably – I'm going to need to drag that out a little bit okay. more. It's not going to be as direct. So you've just got to understand the different styles, kind of like the people in your audience. Everybody's different. And it's our job as emotionally intelligent people to understand the differences and then react accordingly. Okay, so we did take two different approaches in our story. In mine, it was a verbal check-in with them. Hey, how are things doing? Without jumping to conclusions, for you, you were really looking for patterns. You were not going to jump to a conclusion with one instance. Did you see it occur over time? Um, Some other ways that we can confirm is confirming with others. What might that look like? Yeah, I think when we confirm with others, we're just really phoning a friend. You know, we're, we're, we're asking, look, I'm confused. I'm not sure that I have this correctly. What did you see? What do you see? And I, I think that at times maybe that's inappropriate depending on the situation, but other times it's perfectly appropriate uh, to seek other people's insights. Okay. I do want to bring up another facet of how of social context and how to observe because I feel like it is very faceted in if you, if you it's like you're building a conference room it's the environment it's what's going on outside of that who who are the players inside what's you know it can come down to the seat configuration but really taking into account the relationship of the people in the room with one another. And that's something, I think it becomes a higher level skill. I mean, this may not be level one, level two. This may be level five. You're getting getting really, really good because there's a lot to observe. It could be stimulus overload. But when you're ready and when you're really feeling good about detecting, really start paying attention to who's in the room and how they know each other, what their opinions of one another could be, and maybe even how they... They uh, interact and work together. I think competition sometimes drives people's behaviors one way or another, and that could impact somebody's behavior right in front of you if there's some people in the room that may impact their behavior positively or negatively. Yeah, you you may have people that all of a sudden who are not typically guarded become very, very guarded. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that and 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 the reasoning behind that. The other thing that makes this even more complicated is the fact that sometimes we operate in the global environment. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're in a part of a global company and what the standards and nuances and acceptable practices in the U.S. 
are completely different than what they are in China or Japan or India. And so, uh, you know, we've got to, we've got to take that into consideration too. Sometimes just the, the different cultures are going to influence that as well. And that's what I love so much about this detect part is there's endless possibilities. Endless possibilities and there's yeah. really not a specific action on our part except to observe. Yeah. And, and it's what makes it fun. It's also what makes it very, very challenging at times because there is no one right answer. We're constantly having to navigate this space. And I think that that's why detect is the right word because it truly is detective work. And we got to follow the leads anywhere we can find them. And based on those leads, we're going to come up with a unique and individualized outcome. You ready for some quick fire takeaways? I am. I always love the takeaways. Okay. These are designed for you to uh, continue your emotional intelligence journey. So our first takeaway is try holding people in the highest regard, giving them the benefit of the doubt and knowing that there may occasionally be gaps. Um, gaps would include not knowing the entire story. So you're not with a person 24-7 like you are with yourself. I mean, that makes it easy and that makes it difficult at the same time. But just like in our example earlier, we knew Mike had a frustration, but we didn't know what it was pointed to. Our takeaway number two is be courageous when asking questions and also answering. Don't be afraid to ask how someone is feeling or share how you're feeling. And then our last takeaway for the episode is be an astute observer. You are free to people watch, my friends, and please do so with both your eyes and your ears. Uh, Observe and take in the emotions, reactions, and setting of every encounter. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for part three of Emotional Intelligence. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your colleagues or hit the subscribe button. In our next episode, we will complete the EI puzzle by discussing how to connect using everything we've learned in this episode and in Reflect. We'll connect by focusing on empathy and building relationship momentum. Quickfires is hosted by Cheryl Porter and Mike Thompson. Thanks for listening.